You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. This morning, Holy Spirit, we invite you, we welcome you, we acknowledge you, we love you. We make ourselves open to you. Come and change us, mold us. As much as we let ourselves be molded, changed by you, I choose growth and maturity so that I can get to know you more, I can get to know you deeper, I can get to know you in a new and a spectacular and a creative way. In your beautiful name. May you have your way this morning. I welcome you. I honor you. I love you. I invite you to make your presence known, to make your presence felt, a tangible, beautiful, changing encounter with you this morning is what we want and what we need. In your awesome name, Amen. Yeah. Last stream is working. I can see Di, I can see Mary, I can see Marianne, and I can't see others because I don't have my glasses on and I can't see that far to my phone. <laughs> but, uh, with this, I can see that, Mark. <laughs> Fantastic, awesome. So, if you are in your life groups, we're going to do something similar to what we did last week as well. So, this morning, my message is when the cry comes. And that means nothing to you at the moment, but it means a little bit to me. And hopefully, by the end of this morning, it means something to at least two or three of you. My level of faith is that, okay, at least two or three of you will be able to, it'll, it'll make sense to you. I trust that everyone will take something away this morning. And for me, we, we often talk about a touch of heaven and a cry of God. We want a manifestation. We want something. But there's a difference between people encountering God and God encountering His people. And I'm wanting to, to elaborate on a little bit of that this morning. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you empower me, that everything that you have shared with me, I'm able to empower it well and articulate it well that I don't go off track I don't be I don't be confined to my notes but I'd be released into Holy Spirit um, but that's your your kingdom and that your your presence manifests this morning so I want to I want to start by posing a question and you've got a couple of minutes in your small groups to to chat about this what are you passionate about and what is your vision so in your small group, you've got maximum f- 4 minutes 37 seconds or thereabout. What are you passionate about and what is your, your vision? And hopefully this is easy because you should all be able to go, this is what I'm passionate about, this is my vision, move on. This shouldn't be the time to go, oh my goodness, do I have passion? Do I have vision? Um, awesome. Fantastic. So if you are online, um, uh, we will be back in a few minutes um, and we will carry on with that. But we'll try and make sure that your small groups uh, link up with you um, via WhatsApp. 
I'm going to try and do that now. They have been, been primed. Okay, fantastic. So, a couple of quick things. One, we've been in live groups for a couple of months already, and we should be connecting and chatting through these things over teas and coffees. It's been our encouragement for the past couple of months as well. So, the default should be, I know what the passion and the vision are for the people in my, in my group, because we've been, we've been chatting through this for, for a while. Um, but I did that just to kind of set the, set the tone and at least we start to get something, we know something more about one another and, and the groups. And, and part of my desire is to just break away from the hierarchy, the old way of thinking that we all come to, to Sunday morning to listen to Stu or to listen to the pastor or something. We do, and I appreciate that, but we also come to get to know one another. And we, we come so we can contend for one another, that as, um, as Lana said in prayer meeting this morning, we can carry swords and weaponry and fight for one another and we support one another and we lift up one another. And so when the cry comes, what does that mean? What are we passionate about? What is it that God is stirring in us? What is our, our vision? And for the past couple of weeks, I'm going through the story from Nehemiah and I believe God is calling the church into a sense of clarity. God wants us to be a group of people that move into a new season of clarity where we know what is, where we see what is happening and we know what to, to do with it. But friends, it's not clarity just for the sake of clarity. Oh Lord, let me have 2020 vision. I can see clearly now the, the clutter is gone. You know, but it's like, what, hey, you know, but, but, but it's like, what is the clarity about? Why do we want clarity? You know, we want to become healthy. Why do I want to become healthy? Not just because I'm trying to like, you know, keep Ellie happy or lose a bit of weight. I want to become healthy so that I have a quality and a quantity of life. To be honest, I want to become healthy so I can, I can maintain in praise and worship. You know, I, I, I don't want to get tired halfway through praise and worship. I don't want to be able to jump up and down in the glory of God and after two minutes think, oh Lord, I just want them to sing Amazing Grace so I can lie on the floor and soak for half an hour because I, don't, I no longer have the capacity to do worship like I, I did before. It's the Lord, give us clarity so that we can go into the things that you take us in, that we don't go into this new season, into this new things and blindfolded because you don't know what it is. Lord, give us clarity so that we can do the creative and the passionate and therefore the compassionate work of Jesus Christ. Lord, give us clarity. God, Lord, allow us to be a people that are willing to put their hands to the task because we know what the talk is what the task is and in the age of confusion i really like I, you just need to watch the news you need to watch politics you need to watch anything really to realize that there is just so much confusion around us and i'm saying oh, holy spirit can't the church be the people who have clarity can't the church be the people who have solutions let the church be the people where they go, if you want to know what's going on, go to the church. If you want to know what's going on, go to the prophets. Not those who just make a prophet, but those who see prophetically. In our day, there is chaos around most things. I would suggest that there is chaos 
in the church. In the prayer meeting this morning, we were in our group, so, uh, Leanne was mentioning that we need to be a people of hope so that we can see through. Where people are going, I feel hopeless. It's because, and then you can say, well, it's because you don't understand. But let me show you something. Let me allow you to see something with clarity. And that clarity goes, okay, now I know. Now I have hope for the future because I can see that God has a plan, that God has a way, that this isn't just a, a, a season of what's it, chamos, but this is a season of clarity. God is in control and I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Proverbs says that we cannot see what, Proverbs says that when we cannot see what the Father is doing, we stumble all over ourselves and people who don't know what God is doing stumble and fumble around but when we attend to what God is revealing and again we can just talk a whole load about what it means to attend when we attend to what God is doing we are most fulfilled and so friends we, we, we need to change it's not just like knowing it's being able to attend to it you know I've been trying to be healthy for, for, for a while and on Thursday evening, we were going to a market in Pretoria. And it was like, I was like, you know, going to Toys R Us, you know. For me, it was almost like going to the gadget stores. You know, I just can't wait to go to the gadget stores when, when I get to travel soon. And we, we went to a, a market and Alexander and I shared a half portion of curry and then we shared a half portion of uh, uh, Argentinian pork roll type thing. And the curry was decidedly below average but but this but this thing other thing we had oh my goodness I looked at it and I thought actually it's not going to be any good it just looked fatty and it didn't look tasty and everything and what I saw I just did not want it so I said to Alexander okay fine I'm happy to have half of that if you really want it but you must have half of my curry because I really want spicy and curry and I looked, and the picture of the curry versus the tasting of it was hugely disappointing. It, 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 it actually wasn't nice at all. But the Argentinian pork belly on a bun type thing, oh, I would drive to Pretoria this afternoon just to go get another one if I wasn't busy. It was just so good. And I'm saying that because sometimes we can see things but unless we're actually partaking in it, if we're not attending to it, if we're not getting involved in it, we can see something and think it's good when it's not good, or we can miss out on a whole lot of things that God wants us to do, where we just see the picture, or we just see things, and we get put off it. There is a deep joy and fulfillment that comes when things are, are clear. It's not just a clarity with regards to our world. It's not just a, a clarity with regards to our city. It includes that. But part of that is we need to have a clarity with our community. We can't change the world. We can't change Johannesburg unless we can start by changing our own lives. You know, unless we can start by changing. And so, so many of us go, oh Lord, allow me to, you know, like when I'm involved with, with, with some of the missionary schools and Bible schools, it's all these people who go, Lord, I know, I'm going to go and change the world. I'll be like, oh, my goodness, you can't even change your manners. You can't even change your shoes. You can't even change your, your, your dirty top. You know, you look like a pauper. You know, change your own life and then go and change the world. But so many of us want to go and change the world before we're willing to change something that God has called us to. 
It's a clarity that is, it, it begins with our hearts and our souls. It's a clarity of mind. It's a clarity that says, Jesus, I know who I am, whose I am, and I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me. Friends, if we're not clear about what God has called us to, how can we say we're going to go and do something? We're going to go change our city. We're going to go change our community. We're going to go change our workplace. We're going to go change our school. We're going to go change something. And you go like, and what's God called you to? Nah, I'm, I'm not too sure of my passion. I'm not too sure of my vision. I'm not too sure whose I am. I'm not too sure whether I'm worthy. I'm not too sure whatever. I'm going, well, you know, by default, stay in the area of confusion or make a decision to stop being confused and have some clarity in your life. Nehemiah was building a physical city. He was rebuilding a physical temple, but you and I get to rebuild a people. You and I get to change and transform a city of people. We're not just here to build brick and mortar. That's part of our vegetable gardens. But you and I get to change people. We get to build a city that is God-honoring. And brick and mortar doesn't honor God. People honor God. We get to go and transform lives. We get to go and make this city of ours one of the most amazing cities on the face of the planet. When I have clarity about the vision that God is doing, I get to do things with God. How can you do things with God if you're clueless as to what God is doing? Oh Lord, I want to join you. I want to get behind you, but I've no idea what you are doing. Lord, when you are not confused, I'll jump into your boat. Lord, when you know what's going on, you know, it's, no, it's like, God, give me, let me choose clarity and purpose and then get into your, into your boat. Clarity empowers the church. Now, we wouldn't be a group of people who are empowered, but what are we empowered for and who are we empowered by? I want to be, a, I want to be part of the greater church, but I want to be involved with a church where, where clarity empowers us to step into areas that are confusing, into areas that are chaotic, into the areas that we went to yesterday, when we have clarity to go into those areas. Why? Because we know what it is that we're going into those areas to do. We have a purpose and we have a passion and we have a plan and we know the things that God is doing and we can get behind it. Friends, if we don't have clarity we get together with others who are confused and we just add to the confusion and we just add to the the, the, the melting pot we add to the poiki of mess or, or, or you know or, or whatever is stewing and bubbling and we, we just add to that rather than be able to change and transform it the world doesn't need more confusion the world needs more clarity God called you. God called me. And when the cry of God comes, there's an encounter of God that comes with it too. And friends, the, the challenge to me is almost always it's unclear before it becomes clear. You know, and sometimes we wait too long for the clarity. You know, I'm not going to do anything until God gives me a 12-point plan that all begins with the letter P. You know, it's, it's, it's not, 
until I know everything, I'm not going to do anything. The reality is often things start unclear, but as soon as you step into that, as soon as you start to move towards it, then your presence, your identity, your your security, your who you knowing who you are, you bring clarity into the situation. So don't wait until you've got everything together and say, Lord, when I have everything together and I know what's happening and I've got the money and I've got the plan and I see the testimony and everybody else is around me, then I'll just know. Often things are unclear and we go, Lord, I'm taking me into the unclear. I'm taking me into the chaos and as I do that, I will start to bring light to the situation. I will start to bring purity to the situation. I will start to bring rivers of living water into the stagnant pond. And when that river of living water is is me, starts to flow into that muckiness, that muckiness will move further and further and further away from the true source of the living water. And clarity and life will start to happen. So how do we get the cry of clarity? Because often the clarity begins with a cry, and vision begins with passion. Nehemiah, the cupbearer serving in the Persian Empire, has this moment with God. And in Nehemiah 1 verse 2 to 11 we read, Hanaiah, one of my brothers, came to visit with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned from, from captivity and how they were doing. They said to me, things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fires. But when I heard this, I sat, I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. I'm going to come back to that in the New Covenant a bit later. But Nehemiah hears what is happening in his city. Nehemiah hears what is happening in his nation, in his people, in his family, in his community. And when he hears what's happening and he has an inclination of what's taking place, something in him changes. Something in him breaks. He is gripped by the heart of God for the city and the community that he loves dearly. And he falls to the ground and he weeps. He fasts and he prays. For me, this is passion. When we hear and see something that's happening and it stirs us, it causes us to rise up. And sometimes we can rise up in joy and celebrate. Sometimes we rise up with a holy indignation. We say, I'm going to go and tackle this head on. But something in us wells up and says, I won't settle for this enough. This This is no longer going to take place on my watch. I'm no longer going to put up with this. I'm going to go and kick. Yeah. Passion is when you feel something of God. God is a passionate God. And God is looking for a passionate people who feel with Him. There are two awakening cries to revival. And I'm not talking about the, and, and this is new terminology that I've heard suddenly in the past couple of weeks. I just thought people cried like John and Mark and Francois and others. And then, but now I know there's also messy cries. So the two cries of revival aren't a nice cry and a, a messy cry. The, it's the it's a cry of heaven that awakens the church. And there is a cry of the church that awakens heaven. 
and we need both cries. We need the cry of heaven that awakens the church to rise up and do something. And we need the cry of the church that awakens and unleashes and unlocks something of heaven. God is looking for somebody who is willing to carry his cry. Am I willing to carry the cry of God? Am I willing to carry the cry of heaven? Are we willing to be a people who are passionate with God, not just passionate for God? A people that are passionate about the things that God is passionate about. You know, friends, for me, something that is scary is when nothing moves you, when nothing bothers you, when nothing stirs you, when nothing grips you, when nothing of His kingdom gives you enough passion to get up and do something. When people become so self-absorbed with small passion and convenience that they lose sight of big passion, of the kingdom and His plans and purposes. When you believe that you don't have to do anything, when you can ignore the cry of heaven. But friends, when the cry of heaven really comes, we begin to carry a passion that we cannot put out. What heavenly cry are you carrying? What passion needs to be ignited, actioned, put into gear that's in your hearts. In my notes, I've got, we'll break into groups here, but I'm going to carry on. I believe that each one of us are uniquely wired to express the heart of God. Each one of us are uniquely wired to reveal the heart of God. Nobody can reveal the heart of God the way God has created you to reveal it. And if you're not revealing it, something of a revelation and an expression of God is lacking. And that could be in our community, in our family, and it is into where God has positioned and placed you. Now, friends, we, you know, we all, we, we're all super unique in that we all have a unique fingerprint. And it reminds me, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago when Alexander might have been eight or nine, we were going, you know, Alexander, God loves you so much. You are so unique. You've got a unique fingerprint. And he's like, Dad, that is nonsense. The fact that all of us are unique and have our own fingerprint is not special. The fact is, if two of us in the world had the same fingerprint, that would be unique and special. You know, I go, oh, really, my boy? But the reality is, you have a fingerprint uniqueness to reveal and express God in a way that nobody else can do. As much as each and every one of us are uniquely created to express God, each and every one of us are uniquely designed to experience God. And nobody will experience God the way God created Trevor to experience Him. And when I try and mimic how Trevor experiences God, I'm going for a counterfeit. I'm going for something that is not mine. When I try to mimic how Leanne experiences God, I get whiplash. When I try and experience, you know, how Mark experiences God, I walk around with a box of tissues in my pocket. 
No, and, but God has created you to experience and explore and reveal God in the most amazing way. And isn't that just amazing? No one feels God like you feel God. So I just want to break off any, anything that says I'm, I'm not measuring up to somebody else. You are never called to measure up to somebody else. You were called to be who you are in Jesus full stop. Don't add anything to it that God has not called you to add to it. Nehemiah heard about the cry and the cry began to move him. Long before God moved into, sorry, long before God moved Nehemiah into his city, God moved into Nehemiah. Before God takes you into Johannesburg, God wants to move in you. Before God moves in your business, God wants to move in you. Before God moves in this church, God wants to move in each and every one of us. And so friends, we can have passion from on high, but passion alone is not enough. Passion must be moved into vision. A cry is not enough. A cry has to change into conviction. It must lead us beyond the walls of the church. We can't just hear the cry of heaven and do nothing about it. We can't just hear what God wants to do and go, well, here am I sent them. The cry of God needs to land in the people of God so that the people of God go and be what Jesus wants us to be and take him into our cities. That's how we rebuild our city, by allowing God to rebuild the people. And when the people are changed and transformed, our city becomes a city that radiates the glory of heaven. That's how we change culture. Culture doesn't come by a program. The change of culture comes by a person. And that person is Jesus. We change our city by introducing our city to Jesus. Friends, we can't, we cannot stand before Jesus one day and say, Jesus, at least I wept over Johannesburg. You know, we can't come before Jesus one day and say, Jesus, at least I was passionate about the lost. You know, my worry is that I think there are a lot of people who go, Jesus, at least I prayed about it. Friends, weeping over something, being passionate over something, and even praying over something is often just not enough. We need more. God is looking for passion, but God is also looking for vision. Passion without vision is pity. I feel sorry for them. They're there. I will throw something at it. They're there. I have a, I have a passion for, 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 for people to rise up into all that they call to. I have a passion for people to get out of a, a poverty pit. I have a passion for people to, to do this. And if, I'm, or, or if, if I, all I have is a passion, 
for, for something, but I'm not actually doing anything about it. I would suggest that all you're doing is you're having a pity party over a situation. Because it needs to rise up in us where we say, actually, I want to see this changed. And I am going to do something to change it. Even if it's one person at a time, I am going to do it. Because friends, we are all called to leave a legacy. And when I'm speaking to people about a legacy, most people think that their legacy stops on New Year's Eve. 1st of January, we have a new legacy, or our legacy stops our children. But what we get to do in our city is going to have a legacy for generations and generations and generations to come. It's like the one song we worship for our children and their 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 children, and And you get the plan. You know, So so what we get to do, we don't necessarily get to see it all now. But we say, actually, God, I have a passion, I have a vision, I have a purpose, I have a plan. As we sang this morning, and I hope some of you kept your fingers crossed if you didn't mean it. You know, when you said, all I am is yours, I give all that I have to you. You know, at the bottom of the songbook, it doesn't have an asterisk, terms and conditions apply. You know, Lord, um, I'll declare it, let inner do it. You know what I mean? Um, we have two, no, I, I think we have a lot of passionaries in the kingdom and a, not enough visionaries. You know, we have a lot of people who are passionate about something, but not a lot of people who are willing to actually go and make it happen. We have a lot of people, we have a lot of people, we have a lot of people, ah, we have a lot of people who are passionate about children. Until we ask people to help with children's ministry. Oh, Lord, I have a passion for children, but find somebody else who has the vision. Mm. You know, I can't, be, I, I can't say I'm passionate, but I suppose I can. I'm passionate about the poor, but actually I get to go. And, and, and friends, I'm not, I'm not the natural, let me go and hang around with poor people type person. But my goodness... God is changing me the more I hang around with people who are unlike me. I get to learn more about myself when I get to hang around people. I get to understand my blessings when I hang around. I get to understand the heart of God when I hang around people that God loves. I get to know Jesus by going where Jesus goes. Friends, if we want to know more of Jesus, let's go meet up with Jesus somewhere where he is doing something where he is healing where he's where he's changing where he is transforming there's a huge difference between passion and vision passion is i have a heart for the poor passion is i have a heart for the abused passion is i have a desire to see men rise up passion is i have a desire to see women become powerful women passion is i want to see children safe and secure passion is i want to see strong leaders passion is i want to see a non-religious church passion is i want to see debt-free families vision is saying lord i'm going to do something about it i'm going to lead a vision i'm going to lead a anti-religious church I am going to raise up people who are financially secure. I'm going to do something to change one man at a time. 
that they can be real men. I'm going to change one woman at a time so that we have more powerful women. When we start, the first, the first guest speaker, the first non-stew speaker ever speaking in Real Life Church was Joan. And I love the fact that the first person to speak in real life was a woman. The first person to speak was a powerful woman. The first per person, there is something where we say that the legacy of making decisions like that, I think, is that we have a, a group of women in our church who are powerful, who are secure, who can teach and preach and do amazing things. It, it, it wasn't just a flimsical thing. Everything we do, we do with purpose. I want a church that celebrates powerful women. So years ago, I made sure the first voice in the church was a powerful woman. We get to do the most amazing things. Although, to be honest, every now and then when we have like elders meetings or leaders meetings or even if it's just like family meetings and I think, oh Lord, did you have to give me all the powerful women around? <laughs> <laughs> like no, I'm only joking. May, may we have more powerful women. Allow me just to learn and grow into enjoying being around powerful women. I'm digging myself into a hole here, aren't I? <laughs> it's like okay, Stu, move on. But the reality is, vision is vision is when I can see myself doing something about it. What are you going to do with the things that you are passionate about? Passion is I want to see people coming through. Passion is I want to see you grow. Passion is I want to see something and vision is I'm going to do something to make it happen. There is a huge gap between passion and vision and most people mind the gap. I'm going to England next week. So most people mind the gap, but the believers are called to fill the gap. Let's start filling the gaps in our community. If you see a gap and if you're passionate about the gap, don't just pray for it. Do something to make it happen. If we're going to see the rebuilding of lives and the rebuilding of our city, if we, if we want to go where God is leading us church, we have to become a people who are open to doing that. Britain shared his testimony and then I, I added some notes and Francia came up and shared more about that. But Father, I want you to pray for all those who have gone to give food into a community as a way to be able to bring kingdom into those communities. All those where food was an opportunity and kingdom was established and unlocked. May all those prayers be answered. May all those people with all those visionaries, with all those people who are more missionary than passionary, who have gone out to do something that haven't seen their inheritance yet. Maybe lots of those people have long gone to be with Jesus, but may the fruit of those opportunities 
manifest. May we experience great joy in going to plant a seed. May we experience great joy when we go and water what somebody else has planted. May we honor all those that have gone before us by going to do and carry on what they have started. Because we know others will come behind us and water what we have started. But Lord, you see the glory and you see the fruit and you see the inheritance and it's all about you. But Lord, let us be a, gr a group of people who go out and plug and fill the gaps. We all have gaps around us that need to be filled. Everyone ends up somewhere in life. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. But only people with vision end up somewhere on purpose. You are going to end up somewhere. But where you end up depends on your vision, on your purpose, and your commitment. It depends on your covenant. Even people who live a life of convenience end up somewhere. But people who live a life of compassion, commitment, and covenant end up somewhere on purpose. Friends, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm disappointed, I'm floored by how many people leave the church. Frustrated with the church because they don't see vision happening. But they are passionaries and not visionaries. They are people who pray about it but don't do it. Friends, I'm kind of... They, they, people who leave the church, they, they're just people who are hurt. And I don't mind if you leave the church hurt. Just leave the church hurt with a vision. If you leave the church hurt at least or angry, leave the church angry with a vision. Because, you know, sometimes you have to to leave. Sometimes there's, there's no choice. You, you just want to go. But if you just leave hurt or angry, you will end up rotting. But if you still have passion and purpose, you will get out of your anger. You will get out of your hurt. You will get out of your frustration because you still see something bigger and you can give yourself to something bigger. But the reality is if you see something bigger and you give yourself to something bigger, I would suggest that it's very unlikely that you'll leave the church hurt on my hurt and my frustration and my disappointment. Because vision gives you the motivation to work through your things because you see God's things. Otherwise, you stay where you are for the rest of your life and you can drink from the mainstream. <laughs> Nehemiah is a story about a group of people that get the heart of God for that season. They get to see what nobody else can see. Passion is feeling with God and vision is seeing with God. Passion is the why and the vision is the what. Passion why do you feel like that? And vision is what are you going to do about it? Passion without vision 
is pity and vision without passion is empty. Passion without vision is pity and vision without passion is empty. People doing things, people doing great things for God without the heart of God, without the cry of heaven, without the passion of God become empty and burn out. And if I wasn't online now, I would suggest we have chicken curry for lunch. Let me say that again. People doing things, people even doing great things for God without the heart of God, without the cry of heart, without the passion of God, become empty and burn out. Friends, it's not because we're doing too much, but when we do a lot of things without the cry of God, we burn out. I would suggest that burnout is connected to connections. Burnout is an intimacy issue. People doing things with God can do a lot. They, because God unleash, unleashes and unlocks a grace and a capacity when there is the intimacy and you know what you are doing and why you are doing it. There are people that are doing so many things and I go, I just could not do what you do. But there is a grace on them to be able to do it. And it may be for a season even. It may not be forever. But there's a grace on them to do those things because they have heard the cry of heaven and the cry of their heart has been heard by heaven. And an intimacy and a kingdom and a grace and a capacity manifest over that for that season. And we can do half as much without any intimacy, without any cry of heaven, without any Jesus, and we cannot do it. We need vision and we need passion. But what does Nehemiah do? And I'm going to carry on with this next week. We're going to break into our groups for five minutes and then we're going to connect and carry on these discussions whilst we have something to eat. What does Nehemiah do? Because we can have a vision. We can have a passion. We, we, we can hear the cry of heaven. And as we hear the cry of heaven to go and to whatever it may be, and we, we take ownership of that. And the cry of our heart is, Lord, I hear. Lord, I see. Won't you help me be part of the solution? And there is this connection of intimacy that happens with the Father. And the Holy Spirit empowers you. And we go, okay, Lord, I'm wanting to go do it, but I can't see clearly. I'm wanting to go do it, but I have no idea. I'm clueless. But I know that it's part of what you've called me to do. But I'm going to step by faith into it. And friends, this is where we mustn't make the mistake where we think all I need to do is pray about it. Because so many people say to me, I don't have to do anything. It's all up to God. I don't have to grow. I don't have to mature. I don't, it, I don't do works. Friends, this isn't about works. This is about who you are. And we hear the cry of heaven and say, Lord, I want to do something about it. 
And what does Nehemiah do? He does what all charismatics do. They just go gung-ho into the situation. Here I am. I'm going to be like David Livingston and tackle Africa. And we go into things gung-ho, all systems blazing, and we end up with burnout or things don't work. Or after six months, I heard God on this. And then six months later, it's like, so where's God on this? Oh, no, God just didn't send all the people. God called me to, to, to break this open. And then he promised me that he's going to send the money and then he's going to send the people and he's going to send everything. And then I'm just going to, to, to abscond from this one, hand over and go break something else open. Because God's called me to be a breaker opener, not to actually do anything. You know, it's like, dude, or dudette. But this is what Nehemiah does. He sat down. He prayed. He fasted. He mourned. He cried out. He heard the cry of God. Nehemiah does a deep work that partners with a God dream. Friends, our dreams... Our passion, our vision, depends on an intimate connection with the Father. We need to understand and feel and know His heart to be able to do the things that He is doing, that we can get engaged in it. And when we do, the clarity will start to come. I believe that as a church, as a community, as a group of friends, we are going to do different things next year. We're going to do bold things next year. We're going to do supernatural things next year. We're going to do the most amazing things next year. What? I don't know. Half those things church worldwide has not seen or done before what does it look like I'm not too sure how are we going to do it I'm not too sure it starts with a cry Lord I hear your cry I know that you want to restore your people I want I know you want us to go and set the captives free I know you want to go bring sight to the blind. I don't know why we prayed for so many blind people yesterday and to our knowledge none of them are healed yet. Even the terminology we need to, we, we don't say they're not healed, I'm not declaring that over them. To the best of my knowledge, I'm unaware that any of them have the healing yet because I'm still in the process of trusting for the healing. I'm not putting a full stop there. I'm not declaring that it's over. So even in our terminology and some of the things we say, we just, who's going to do it? How are we going to fund it? I don't know, Lord. What I am saying is we hear the cry of heaven. And if we respond well, heaven will hear the cry of real life church. Because heaven hears the cry of Danica, of Lynette, of Rita, of Trevor, of Ina. And then we start to get a little bit more clarity. And then we do a little bit more. And then we get more clarity. And we do more. And then we go down this journey 
of discovery of what God has in store with us. Because we're called to rebuild, renew, and see revival and reformation in our cities and in our communities. Father, won't you allow us to hear the cry of heaven? Won't you allow us to respond with dignity, with honesty? Even where we're at, we don't have to have it all together. I don't have it all together. And some of, our, some of our personal situations might make us think we have to tap out. But we never tap out. We press in. Because together, we do. We participate. And we benefit by the most amazing things. And all in a sense, said Amen and Glory. Candice, did you want to say something? Finish off with something? No. Friends, tea and coffee are about, and, and yeah, just thank you, Lord, for all those who, we have the most amazing, for all of you online, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. More for me, less for you. Um, but uh, in, your, in your groups, won't you spend a, a few moments, now that there's food, you're going to go quickly. When there's no food, you, you ask for more time. But in your groups, and even during the course of this week, keep the, keep the relationships, everything going in your life groups. But won't you just share something along the fact of what you may think the vision, the passion for what the church should look like for next year, laying foundations for eternity should look like. What's the difference between some of your passion and vision that you shared earlier on and how that ties up with therefore the sum total of all of our passions and visions should be the sum total of what happens in real life church because God's put you into real life to benefit real life and he's put us into you to benefit you um, so dialogue that a bit and again it's not saying you, you you have it all all together but you have an inclination of what it would look like and what your part in the planning and preparation will be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and glory. Thank you for listening. 